This episode is brought to you by Game Toppers. Kevin is currently running his latest Kickstarter, Game Toppers 2.0, where he has all of his latest models, plus a special item that I helped Kevin design, the Connelson, which is an organizer for small player mats. So go to kickstarter.com, search for Game Toppers, and order yours today. Hey y'all, it's time for another episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names. So pour a cool RC into your squirrel mason jar and listen as Marty recaps his origins trip, which he took without his wife. The guys review Undaunted Normandy and Corinth, which Marty played without his wife. Plus, there's an interview with Shannon DeWitt from the Southern Fried Gaming Expo, which Marty is going to without his wife. You already had plans! And thank you for joining us again for Rolling Dice and Taking Names. This is episode number 174, Roll With It. I'm Tony. And I'm Marty. And we joined the gentleman after an incredible origins trip Marty took recently. And he did successfully return, which we discussed in the last episode. But he has forgot to bring us the news in the last episode, so he's bringing it into this episode. So Marty, welcome back. And thank you for returning safely from Origins. Well, thank you, Tony. And can I ask you a question? Sure. Why are we using NPR voices for this episode? I don't know. I mean, I just thought we'd mix it up a little bit. Keep it mellow. Bring it down. Some of the pictures I saw that were going on at Origins, you might. I know you're not a big drinker, but you could have just had a hangover from everything else that was going on. I don't know. I wanted to ease into this just in case you had a little carryover. That's very kind of you because, yes, we were recording this like right after the day I returned from Origins, but you know that from our previous episode, which I told you I just got back from Origins, but this one I really, really, really did uh, just get back from Origins. But here's the thing. If we use these NPR voices, that's even more white noise to even put more people to sleep. Yes, but if we won't, we can immediately jump into a fun drive. A fun drive. Yeah, fund, as in getting oh, funds. Oh, fund. You know how fund it, you drive. Know, NPR is always in, they're always looking for funding. Well, we already have one of those going over at podpledge.com, where if you want to support the show, you can do so right now. See how well that worked? We just transitioned right into it. Now, did you have fun, buddy? Did you have a big time? I did. And I've got uh, several games I want to share with you, so I want to hold those off for a uh, separate segment. But it was a it was a very busy trip for me. I had a lot of meetings with a lot of publishers, maybe 12 to 15 meetings. Chaz Marler and myself were kicking off each morning on the BGG live stream doing a little 30-minute show, which was fun. I did not get to see it because Twitch is blocked at work. Gotcha. I couldn't go see it, but I did go in and install Twitch and then look at... I watched the hot sauce episode. Did you watch the Rob Davio episode where he had to identify herbs and spices blindfolded? It hadn't been posted yet. That was by far the most uh, entertaining to me because the night before... Uh, he went out to eat with some people from BGG and he was bragging how I'm going nine for nine. I'm so looking forward to this. And so we sat him down. He went five for nine. Okay. But to be fair, he did say, well, these are all dried herbs. You don't, you can't get a fragrance from dried herbs. They need to steep in warm water for a while. All right. Rob, I don't know that. I just got some herbs and poured them in a little container and shoved them under your nose. <laughs> well, that's I know what I'm supposed to do. So he he told me that he could have done a lot better if I would have had the rosemary steeped in hot water or something like that. So he could, actually that's one of the ones he got. It was another one he didn't get that he said he would have been able to to smell. And by the way, I can't stand rosemary. But go ahead. I was going to say rosemary is a very pungent smell. So I don't see why. I mean, you could have at least crushed them. Did you crush them up for him? Yes, they were all crushed. Oh, I didn't realize 
realize this. I didn't know you weren't supposed to eat bay leaves, and they ate bay leaves. Who's they? Chaz also participated to see the common man, to see if the common man could figure out what it was. So, so you gave him bay leaves? <laughs> well, look, I just bought a, a rack of assorted spices, and I poured bay leaves into a container, and then oh my uh, they sniffed it, and Rob said, I'm not sure what this is, and then they started eating it, and he went, Wait, this is bay leaves. And he started spitting it out. And I went, what's the big deal? He's like, he looked at me with a blindfold. You're not supposed to give me bay leaves. That just is, you put in the water just for, I don't know what. I don't know what bay leaves are used for. I mean, yeah, whenever you cook with bay leaves, yeah, it brings that flavor into it. But then you immediately pull them out because you don't want people eating them. So what's the purpose of crushed bay leaves then? No, no, that's different. I don't know. Anyway, he wasn't supposed to eat that. But the funniest thing is, do you know what? Coliander is yeah. Col- coliander is the seeds from um, uh, oh, cilantro. Cilantro, yeah. Attention, we interrupt this program for a special announcement. I'm an idiot. Coliander seeds, colander seeds. Oh my gosh, it's coriander seeds. Coriander. I have no, no. I do know where the other one comes from. A colander is one of those plastic or metal devices that you use to drain like pasta and stuff. It's, you know, it's a bowl with holes. And what happens when you mix colander with coriander? You get coliander. So I apologize for me being an idiot. Oh, but don't worry. I'm an idiot again in a few seconds when I say the exact same thing again. Now back to our originally scheduled program. This is one of those ones. I tried all these before I put them on to make sure he wasn't tasting anything he shouldn't. By the way, no crushed red pepper or anything like that. So I tried a couple of these colander colander seeds and they're like really there they're kind of mealy they have like a skin on them and stuff Mm -hmm. it's like it's like spitting that stuff out so when we get to that one he identifies it he tells chaz he says by the way this will taste like a fruity pebble chaz pops one in his mouth he said it does taste like a fruity pebble so while Ra was explaining stuff chaz picks up the whole bowl of colanders and dumps it right down his mouth and immediately rob looks at him and goes did you just eat all those? And Chaz was like, you're not supposed to do that. For the next two minutes, Chaz was <laughs> trying to get stuff out of his mouth. Oh, that is so funny. If you want to go check it out, you can go to twitch.com and go look at Board Game Geek TV where they have all these videos posted. So that, that was a lot of fun. Well, good. I'm glad you had fun. And the hot sauce was really good. Poor, poor Jamie was back there. I mean, well, Chaz. Does, does he not know the answers just so he has to do the hot sauce? I don't know. So one of the questions was, uh, there's a lake in Utah. I can't remember which which one. On a, on a clear day, how far down can you see it? And he said 500 feet or something. I threw out like 25 feet and Jamie threw out, I don't know, 50 feet or something. Chaz comes out with 500 feet. And we both look at him. I said, do you know how far down 500 feet is? He wasn't even close. I mean, he was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. He was way out there. Was, oh, and get this one. You would have appreciated this. So one of them was, uh, what's the world record for like a hitting a shuttlecock in badminton? How fast can you mm-hmm. hit one? I now, came close. You and I took badminton in uh, college. And when you start really playing badminton, you can knock a shuttlecock really hard. So I was trying, I thought, man, it's, it's got to be slower than a tennis ball, which I knew exceeded 200 miles an hour. So I said... I said 100. They said like 15 and 20. And I'm like looking at them and they're going, Marty, a shuttlecock, have you never played a badminton? It's really slow. I said, I've played, but I don't do the little taps back and forth. And the answer was like over 200 miles an hour. 
obviously they've never watched badminton Olympics because right. them boys can hit that thing. And it, I mean, and the, the bad, the shuttlecock is it comes flying at you. I mean, it is moving incredibly fast. It loses its, I don't want to say inertia, but when it comes, I mean, it starts flying, then all of a sudden it just dies. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I remember when taking back, ba- yes, I really took badminton in college. I took badminton in two classes of tennis. I was more wore out playing badminton than I was tennis because of that reason. You've got this thing that is flying over as fast as it can, and then it just dies. And then you're having to leap after it to hit it back. It's a fun game when you play it right. Yeah. I mean, all that potential energy, inertia, whatever the physics is, I whatever i i've lost that it's gone it's out of me i don't know it's just the wind resistance once the wind resistance hits it and that initial velocity is gone just it just dies which is why a badminton court is so small you could you can hit the crap out of that thing and it's hard to hit it out of the back line oh such good times badminton but y'all did a great job i'm glad it was only you mean i thought i didn't know how long y'all were going on eric martin has this great write-up of all the things that were scheduled and he had little funny things when there were pauses or breaks so, but you were mm-hmm. only on for the 30 minutes. Like I said, I hate I couldn't watch it live. I was as I watched it on um, Twitch, I noticed that people were writing in funny comments and I was like, y'all couldn't see those, but it, uh, that was well done. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, it, it was, it was a, uh, it was a good trip. Uh, I went to blue peg, pink pegs meet up on Thursday night, which was a lot of fun. It was funny. I walked in there towards the end, towards the end of them giving prizes away. Cause it's just so crowded. And it's like, I'll wait till everybody leaving. So as soon as I walk in, they were just giving out random prizes and uh, who was it? It was a Brandon from Braun Brothers looked at me and then he called up to the crowd. All right, for the next prize, who here has a moon pie? And then he likes look right at me and I'm like, I didn't, I didn't bring any moon pies with me. Shrug. And he's like, nobody has a moon pie. And some guy comes running up who I'd seen earlier in the day <laughs> who had a half eaten moon pie in his pocket and he got the prize. Well, good for that. That's and awesome. he came up to me and he said, thank you so much for giving me that moon pie. You just won me free games. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really cool. I also saw where there was some nonsense about the secret cabal getting shut down and they took over the streets or something. I don't know if you were there for that. Here's the true story behind that. So yes, the secret cabal, which has a more intimate setting now, intimate meaning they don't, they don't do prize giveaways, so they don't have hundreds of people showing up. It's just people. They have still have a good crowd, but it's just you know sitting outside in the patio and stuff. So this usually goes to one or two in the morning. So we're sitting there around eleven o'clock at night, and they come around outside. Uh, the wait staff goes, okay, uh, we're closing at eleven. And Jamie's like, what do you mean? And they said, oh yeah, we changed hours about a month ago. And Jamie's like, nobody told me about us changing hours. We had this thing booked. Sorry, we're closing down. So basically, the whole group of people left and went over to a place called Callahan's, which is right behind the Hampton, which is actually where the Blue Peg Pink Peg mashup was, and hung out there. And I said, you know what? I'm going to head on back to the hotel. And I went to bed. About 3 a.m., Rodney comes rolling in. So... They must have had a good time, but I, I don't know what went on after 11 a.m. I assume there was heavy drinking involved. And did you have some good meals? Uh, yes, I did. The last night, we always end up at the uh, Brazilian Steakhouse, uh, Radizio's, I believe is the name of it, for a good meal there. And of course, North Market. And I had the first day there, I met Justin Jacobson from Restoration Games. And for lunch, we went and, we went and got hot chicken takeout, which is Nashville chicken there at the market. Very good. How's Justin doing? Is he doing good? He is doing fantastic. And when I talk about some of the Origins previews, I got a chance to see and match. So I'll talk about that for a second and uh, talk a little about, about what they got going on. Let me just tell you this. I got some behind the scenes look at the Dark Tower that they're working on. Holy cow. This 
is going to be one of the most amazing games that's ever been put together. He swore me to secrecy. I can't say I can't say a lot, but let me just tell you, there is a lot of engineering going into this thing to make it work. He says you could say this. There's a tower, there's a board, there's an app, and they're all going to work together. That's a pretty bold statement. Wait till you see this. I think they're supposed to reveal more of the details at Gen Con mm-hmm. about what exactly is going on because the Kickstarter's later this year. But Isaac Childress, who is helping to uh, work with Rob to design it, they're, they're putting together something really cool. Well, I'm just glad you didn't kill Rob Davio with the... Um tasting uh that would be with the pay leaves especially since that's not finished dark tower's not finished that would have been bad somebody was telling me that uh, the night before he went out he, there was a certain type of cake that he likes and he went to this place and he got the cake and he was wanting the recipe and he says i think i can kind of guess what's in it and he wrote down a list and he got the wait staff or the, the pastry chef to come out and tell him they said he got every ingredient right. He just had to find out the ratios. So just by tasting a cake, he could tell what exactly what was in it. What was it made of? I wish I had that capability. I cannot. My wife can do it because she can sit there and taste like a dressing or a sauce or something. Well, that's got this, this, this. And I look at her and go, yes, it tastes good. I can go, this is a hamburger. This is a salad. That's about the extent of my uh, taste test there. Okay. Now, uh, I got another issue with you. Uh Uh-oh. Yes. So, Nintendo E3 was going on at the same time Origins was going on. And yes, we are completely moving over to the video games because I haven't... No, hold on. Let me transition for you. So, Tony, after I had uh, hot chicken there with Justin, I had about an hour to kill. So, I went back to my room and I set up the iPad and I watched the Nintendo E3 Direct. There you go. There's your transition. Is that? Am I supposed to feed off of that? I, I don't know. I'm just telling you that in Columbus, I went back to the hotel room and I watched this thing because I wanted to see it. So, yeah. So, I'm watching the E3 after hours as well and, and surfing the net. But the problem is they also had this big sale that is now over because I think it ended on the 18th and this is well past then. And so, I dropped some of my hard-earned money or my Nintendo e-gift when I bought my Switch. So, which one do you think I picked up on sale? Which one? I really hope you got Diablo, so you're probably going to disappoint me. Diablo. Yeah! Yeah. We could play. We could play together. Oh, my gosh. That means when we're, we're uh, in Gen Con, we're like flying on the plane and stuff. We can sit on the plane and co- play co-op in a, uh, Diablo. I think it has local wireless. Oh, I hope it has local wireless. That'd be fun. I don't know. All I know is I downloaded it, and it has not started yet because of another issue I have. Uh-oh. Breath of the Wild. It's not <laughs> killing me. But it's killing me in the sense that I want the seeds. I want to go hunt that animal. I want to go climb every freaking tree. Wait, can I get up on that rock? Oh, my God, I can. Oh, what? wait, man. What's that's a shiny thing over there? I hit it with my sledgehammer. Oh, it broke. Look at that. And so every morning I am sitting here looking at the top eight things you wish you knew before you started playing Breath of the Wild. Oh, the, then another top six that you wish you knew you were playing before you played. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, and then I watched this video of this guy who came fresh out of Zelda and he's, all, I mean, he just came off the Great Plateau and he goes, let me show you how to get all the cool stuff. Now he's been playing forever and he paraglides down to a horse right onto its back and he takes it to Hyrule Castle and gets uh, all these amazing weapons and I'm like, Dude, that is ridiculous. And then, Marty, did you know you could parry a blast with your shield? I, it's been a while since I played, but I, th- I thought that was a that was a common thing. Did you know you can slide on a shield down a hill? Oh, I was snow I was snowboarding all, all over the place before I left the Great Plateau. I was having a blast. So it sounds like you're having a good time. That's a pretty wild game, isn't it? Oh my! And I was having a good time until lightning struck me. <laughs> 
That's right. I forgot about that. I was like, these graphics are amazing. I'm standing out there. These graphics are... Whoa. I went, oh, man. So you fell down the rabbit hole. Everybody else does. I'm like, no, Marty, main quest, main quest, main quest. What is that shiny thing over there? And then all of a sudden I'm over there. And then all of a sudden, wait a minute, what's that over there? I'm so far off the path I'm supposed to be on for the quest. And I got to work all my way. It's, it is an amazing open world game, which means you were probably, hey, that's pretty cool that they're going to come out with a Breath of the Wild 2. A sequel. And I'll get it on sale because I won't be done with one when that one comes out. <laughs> There's no... Did you know that you can tie the little Octo guys to stuff and they're balloons and they'll float? I did not know that. Yeah, when you pick up the little Octo balloons, uh-huh. you can hold one, stick it onto a bomb, and it will float. And then you can use your Deku leaf and send it over the enemies, shoot the balloon, drop the bomb, and boom. That's just amazing to me. Are you addicted to finding the little leaf guys all over the uh, place when you hear that noise? Oh, yeah. I have to. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you're enjoying it, man. That's cool. That's considered now one of the best games of all time. It is is an achievement. It really is. If I can figure out how to... Uh, dodge attacks. My timing is still off. I don't know how to, you know, jump back and jump left or right. Speaking of timing, I actually just uh, picked up a game that was announced and went on sale. Yes, yeah, uh, mm. Cadence of Hyrule. No, it's a rhythm game. No, you can only move and attack on the beat to the music. No, <laughs> it's like do 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 do. It's not like jump 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 attack jump 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 pause dot 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 jump 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 pause and everybody moves to the rhythm of the music they have a certain pattern it is a there's a learning curve there it's based on another game called crypt of the necromancer which i never played so today i was playing at lunch and i'm finally starting to learn to watch the patterns and how to move to the correct beat and everything it is fun but i am still on the learning curve to figure out how to get this thing to work no no mm -mm. i I played Guitar Hero and I never got off novice. So Mm -hmm. I know very well that I will not, not be doing that game. Can't do it. No way. I I really enjoyed seeing what came out uh, in uh, E3. A lot of people were upset that Animal Crossing's pushed to the spring, but I've got my Pokemon in the fall and that's all. Oh, that and Link's Awakening, which I will also be getting, which I played the original. And so I can't wait to see this new version of it. Yeah, we mentioned that, and you said something about a dream, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, okay, that works for me as well. But yeah, I'll be playing Pokemon. I know I'll be getting that. Uh, But it depends on where I am in Breath of the Wild. I might still be just below the Great Plateau climbing another tree. (laughs) Do you have a warm jacket for those high mountain climbs? Yeah, I did that quest. I knocked that quest out. And um, and and you know me. What was one of my favorite professions in all the RPGs I played? You love to fish and cook. I love to fish and cook. I've been sitting <laughs> by the fire making all kinds of stuff, <laughs> shooting fish with my bow, my trusty bow, and watching them. I got an armored some type of fish the other day. I don't know what good it's going to do, but I know armored means it's going to increase my defense. I'm just like, this, this is sad. I love the sound effect with the cooking okay enough video games let's jump into some board games all right i know this is once again a board game podcast we've talked about food we've talked about video games and over in the slack channel i posted a video of a remote control (laughs) mower that is in my neighborhood now i saw that does that thing work first off it didn't make any noise so i don't know if the it's electric okay yeah that's cool and it was going around but you know, those things always have to run all day. 
all the time. They're always, so I don't know if it was cutting grass or not. No grass was shooting out of the back. How do you know if it's really cutting grass? If you don't have a stream of grass shooting out, I don't know. And how does it not, I mean, does it not make weird patterns and weird lines in the yard? Some people like those nice parallel lines when you mow. Since it's cutting every day, I think you can't really tell. It's not even heavy enough to put those beautiful patterns or drag a bar behind it to put the stripes in your yard. Okay. All right. So anyway. So now. So there you go. Yeah. So now we got food, video games, lawnmowers. We're good. Okay, I guess we'll talk about a board game. Okay, so board game. So in last episode, you and Vanessa did an excellent and five-minute initiative plus two. Correct. The, the seven-minute initiative. And I've already told Vanessa, any time that we do this, we're just going to rename it the seven-minute initiative just for her. Or nine. <laughs> or nine. <laughs> there you go. Seven or nine-minute initiative. As long as it's odd, it's okay. So you talk about Imperial Settlers um, rolling right. And... Um, Played here, um, and this is one of those things that, you know, it may not be everybody's cup of tea, and I'm not saying it's bad in any ways. People love this game. But I found out with Donna, it was an action of, I think there was too much going on. Okay. Okay? And I think that can happen because, I mean... You know, Rolling Rice, they've taken off. I think we've hit critical mass with them. But we started out with Quix and Quinto. So for her, it's just roll the dice, mark the board. Yes. Okay. This, yeah, this game is definitely more than that, which is why I think it appealed to me. Mm-hmm. And, and just like uh, Castles of Burgundy, we really enjoyed Castles of Burgundy. The dice game. The dice game thing. Well, we yeah. all, yeah. So, but then we got to play Corinth by Days of Wonder. Ah, yeah. We played, I taught, uh, I taught you Imperial Settlers before you took it and you taught me Corinth. Yep. And that's one of those games that, is pretty much kind of a roll and mark game versus the complexity of I need to build something or if I do this, it'll build the field. That was pretty straightforward game. But I did like it. I think I still like it more than like Quicks and Quinto and stuff. I think there's a little bit more to it. I agree. I enjoyed that as well. It's that next step. I enjoyed it because of the various, if you didn't have an action to do, you had to deal with the peddler and moving him and, and making sure you do that right. There, there was, there's a lot of interests to it that I think if people haven't met their critical mass in rolling rights, they should at least take a look at Corinth. Yeah, I, I agree. I enjoyed it. I mean, it, we had played both of those back to back. It's less thinky mm-hmm. than um, Imperial Settlers. Well, I guess you did build buildings, though, didn't you? Because you had oh, to yeah. spend stuff to mark stuff off on the bottom. It's a lot easier to build a building in that one than it is in, in Imperial Settlers. The thing that got me was the little map mm-hmm. up at the top right-hand corner of the page where you move around to try to unlock special things. I didn't do very good at that, but you'd knock that out of the park. Yeah, but you beat the pants off me. But the goats and the coins or how you build the building. And I mean, and it was very interesting, uh, the placement of the die, because when you place the die, you always put something on the coins, which is the top, which is the highest rolled, and something always on the goats, on which is the bottom tier, and then you build up. So for instance, there is, let's say, I think uh, six slots. Yes. And usually you, you may not have uh, numbers come out of nine dice. Right. So you may roll like three ones and three sixes, and then all of a sudden two, three, four, five, six slot has nothing on there. Or it doesn't really matter, right? It could be three fives and three sixes. The fives go on the, the lower slot, and the sixes go on the upper with the gap in between. Exactly. So that adds a little concept, or I mean, I'm sorry, a little strategy to it on which ones you want to take and how you want to go from that. Really interesting rolling right. I think people should uh, look at that one too. Uh, Calls Imperial Settlers. Great game. 
Hopefully that they don't forget about this. But I do have one thing I want to point out. Okay. There is a guy who teaches games, and he's got a video channel. Paul Grogan? Uh, yeah, he does, but it's not the one I'm thinking of. Okay. I can't think of any others besides Paul. Uh, I, well, let, let me give you an... Usually when he teaches, when he comes across solo rules, he'll make a statement that says, I leave this for you to discover on your own. <laughs> Okay? No, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I appreciate that. I'm not faulting him for telling, not teaching me the solo rules. But I leave this for you to discover discover on your own. Are we talking about Mr. Smith at Watch It Played by chance? It might be Rodney J. Smith at Watch It Played. Mm -hmm. So he says that. And so I'm like, oh, cool. It's like national treasure. I got to go discover these rules. <laughs> Where are they? Are they hidden on the website? Is it, is it like detective? Do I need to get into the database? But no, they're on the back freaking page right there for me. There's no discovery to it. Now that you've said that, you're right. And now I'm not going to be able to unhear it. He does say discover for yourself, as opposed to learn for yourself or read for yourself or teach yourself. He says discover. That is an odd choice of a word. Well, discover. So in any of these games. So I'm like, okay, well, let's just test this theory. Maybe there was a game in that he was teaching that there was a No. Every game I looked for that had solo, they were the rules right there on the back page. Or near the back page where it says solo in big print. There's no discovery here. There's nothing hidden. So Rodney K. Smith. K. Smith. That's a different guy. Try, discover on your own his middle initial. I don't know what it is. I'm just making up middle initials for him. So I'm really curious. So discovery is the actor process of discovering. So let me see what the definition for discovery is, which you never look at. Find unexpectedly. Or in the course of a search. Okay. I don't consider just flipping pages in a rule book. I expect them to be there. So so it's not it's not unexpected. It's like you trip upon Oh my gosh! There's solo rules right there. Exactly. I see a one on the back of the box next to the watch it played logo. I expect there to be <laughs> solo rules. <laughs> you know what? I can get on board with this. With the anti-discovery movement, he needs to come up with a new phrase. Yeah. I would have to discover Star Wars Rebellion rules. <laughs> you got such a, you're proud of yourself, AJ. You got this smug look on your face like, yeah, that was a good one. That, that one just came to me. That's not the show notes or anything. Yeah, that's right. That's a, that's solid right there. Okay. Oh. I tell you what, let's move on. We got to get to origins. You got a lot of news. So why don't we uh, take a minute, <sighs> relax a little bit, tell about one of our fine sponsors, and then let's jump into some origins news. Having just got back from origins, I went and checked out the Broken Token booth, which is always amazing and always busy. And Greg was telling me, the CEO, that they started changing how they set up the booth. They've got now got shelves set up so they can display their terrain, accessories, deck holders, etc. And he said because of that, they're selling like crazy because now you can actually physically see them, which is really cool for them. If you're looking for terrain, especially like sci-fi terrain and stuff, go check that out. But what blew me away is they now have a Mansions of Madness crate that holds the base game and all the expansions for first or second edition 
and I'm going to place an order for one of those. He says, now, it's going to take you an hour and a half to two hours to put this thing together. But once it's done, it is a beautiful work of art that holds everything. It's so well organized. I cannot wait to check that out. And a gallon of wood glue. Yes. He said, oh, you got to use wood glue. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to stain the outsides because it's it's etched mm-hmm. with like uh, mansions type uh, iconography and like Arkham stuff. So I'm going to stain the outsides. I'm not going to stain the insides because I last time I screwed up and the stain got in between the joints and then you have to sand it out in order to get everything to fit together. But anyway, so that is the brand new, just released at Origins Mansions Crate if you want to go check that out. Plus other accessories and they're going to be taking pre-orders for gen con if you just want to pick it up straight at gen con which you can do and you probably should do because some of this stuff will sell out and you can find out more at thebrokentoken.com tony i got to see a lot of games at origins and i just wanted to come back with a short little list of things that really, really stuck out to me. Now, it's funny, when I was there, I was so busy going around and meeting people and shaking hands and going to meetups and stuff, I really didn't play that many games. That's the problem with these cons. You, you, you've made this a business. What's wrong with you, man? We're there to play games. I know, I know. But the games I did play, I've already played before and really enjoyed. I got to play another game of Res Arcana. Oh. I, that is such a solid, Good game. solid little Solid little game. I got to play Gentis with the deluxe version. Which I want to ask you something. Were the stickers on straight? The stickers were on straight. Okay. What'd you think? I, mine's put together. It hasn't been played yet because... I'm I'm ready to play anytime. Now the rules are fresh in my... I stink at the game, but I'm ready to play again. That That is a solid game too. And that was the first time Rodney had played. Really? And I told him, I said, it's imagine reverse worker placement. And he was like, what? And at the end, he said, oh, now I see what you're saying. Reverse worker placement. Where you're taking stuff off the board to take actions and filling up stuff on your board. And when it's full, you can't take anymore. So the Genesis Deluxe is amazing and it's still a very fun game. I also got to play my favorite fail that I haven't played in years, Trajan. Okay. You haven't played that one, have you? I have not played that. Fells are kind of hit or miss with me. So, but you're right. I have not, I have not played Trajan yet. I haven't given, you know, one of those rock solid ancient games a, a try yet. And we played and Jamie of us, the four of us that played, uh, which was uh, uh, Don, who's a good friend of the show, and Jamie, myself, and Rodney. Jamie never played before and thoroughly trounced us. So he was really proud of himself. And I said, well, you might as well retire champion and never play again. He said, that, that's probably a good idea. But now getting into games that I played that are brand new, one of them is Undaunted, which I'm not going to talk about. Undaunted Normandy, because we're actually going to do a five-minute initiative on that in a second. So we'll come back to that one. But one of the surprise hits of the show was a early version demo copy of Watergate that's coming from Capstone Games. Okay. Watergate was told to me, and it's, it's based on the theme of the Nixon Watergate tapes, a hour-long Twilight Struggle type game. And I got to sit and play this. One of you plays as Nixon. One of you plays as the Washington Post. And you have a board with Nixon in the middle, and you have like informants or something around the outside that have all these lines or paths that goes to the center Whoever is at the Washington Post's goal is to get out of format out on the board and use evidence markers to put on there to trace a path to Nixon. And if he could do two of those on the board, he wins. Nixon, on the other hand, trying to keep that from happening and also take uh, control. There's, it says, you know how Twilight Star was a push-pull, tug-of-war type thing? Mm-hmm. You're tug-of-warring with evidence tokens and this other red token. 
And if you get the red, if you, what's cool, if you claim the evidence tokens, you get to turn them face down to block paths okay. as Nixon. Or you try to c- capture this red token five times. And again, the, it's simple. It's the card play of, do I move a token? Do I move a peg? And there are special abilities. It is a really cool game that has this dynamic of Nixon starts out uh, with a lot of momentum, but then the longer the game goes, it flips to where it's harder for him to win. So I played as Nixon. Rodney played as the newspaper and, and he beat me, but it was a lot of good tension. It was a lot of fun. If you like Twilight Struggle, this has that feel in less than an hour. So just like you know, Twilight Struggle starts out, USSR has a lot of power and a lot of strength. And as the game progresses, then it flips over to the US. Yes. So uh, um, also, as far as this game is concerned, is it like 13 days or 13 minutes? Did you feel that as well? It is like 13 days. The difference is, is I believe, I hadn't played Twilight Struggle in a long time. You share a common deck of cards, right? Yes. That's not the case with this. And there are two separate ah. decks that each of you are playing. So that one is different. But the mechanic of the push and pull and the decisions that you make, multi-use cards, is there. So when we get to Gen Con, I've already told Clay, I said, look, Tony and I, we're all over this. This is good. I think I actually like this better than I did 13 days. And it's my sweet spot at an hour. Yes, it sure is. But that wasn't the only hot game from Capstone. There were very few games released at Origins, but by far the most popular, one of the most popular was Pipeline from Capstone, which is a heavier midweight to heavy two to three hour Euro based on, well, building oil pipelines. I saw a lot of people playing it. He sold out of it. Uh, So that was a big game there too. And you're probably gonna see a lot of buzz of it online. Being in the utility business, I mean, give me a two minute pitch on Pipeline. Am I just trying to have the biggest, baddest, most oil producing pipeline it's two different things in one it's obviously your typical euro you gain resources you spend resources but you're buying tiles it's like a tile lane game with pipes with different shapes that you have to connect together on a board so there's this kind of a spatial thing i know you're, you're probably out at that point but it's it's just regular tiles that you rotate to try to make sure the pipes fit together so you can flow oil through the pipes you never played um oh it's called now factory funner Yes, it's like that. Oh god. It's where you got to get everything got to get all the pipes lined up. I just kind of saw an overview as probably a horrible example, but that's the theme of it and that's how it works. So it's two different kinds of mechanics that you're playing. Yeah, with. I mean Factory Funner I think got rid of that element where the volumes had to I forget. It was the one thing that was killed me in that game was the number of volumes that were going in had to be this or you couldn't have too much pressure on it and oh man that one hurt but i didn't have factory funner i had the original one so that one was a quick trade another hot game that sold out there was plan b's no surprise century of new world the third in the trilogy from emerson matsuchi and i saw him there he was excited to have another hit i got us a copy tony to play we just need to sit down and play it sometime but uh, it's one of those I think we're going to like because we like the first two, and this one has a little bit more meat to it, so I can't wait to try it. But yes, they had a line there. They sold out. That was the other hot game. Emerson's always happy. Emerson's amazing. I love so that guy. So when you take about the trilogy of them, I mean, the first one you know, was a simple just... Uh, Spice Road. Yeah, yeah. Spice Road was a simple Excel spreadsheet game, as Emerson even said. It. He, that's what he called it, which I loved. I loved, yeah. To generate cubes, to turn in cubes, to get victory points. Right. And, yep. the, and then the next one, we're, we're sailing the seven seas. Mm-hmm. And we're claiming islands to do essentially the same thing, but there's a little bit more to that. Mm-hmm. What is the addition here? What what are, what are we adding? Worker placement. Worker placement. Okay. Yep. 
Worker placement, do the same sort of things. And in fact, you can mix and match all three games together if you want to. I think I know what you want to play with a single game by itself, but you can integrate the other two and have like these multiple combinations of games. You know, the third game and the second game, the third game and the first game, the first two games, the first, second, third game together, all these different combinations once you have them all together. So that's really cool. I mentioned Unmatched earlier, which we'd already talked about on the show from Restoration Games. I saw an early copy. It looks amazing. The insert looks great. We already know the art looks great. So they're going to be coming out with that at Gen Con. They were doing on that there with a lot of positive buzz. One that I was really interested in, Abomination. Have you heard about this from Plat Hat Games? No, but I saw your Abomination tweet. You are basically a family member of the uh, Frankenstein family. And you're in Paris. And you're competing against other people in order to try to get body parts together to build a Frankenstein's monster in order to bring it to life. It's a worker placement game, and there's three different resources you have to track, and one of them's humanity. This one's the cool one because, like, when you go get body parts, your humanity drops. Mm -hmm. So you need to be able to go to places like church and stuff to raise your humanity again. You have uh, resources you can spend. Uh, I was playing with Nikki Schultz and Isaac Vega, who were I didn't play it. I helped them punch it, and they were telling me about it. I said, what's unique about this different every other game? They said, here's the thing that's different. The resources expire over time, so the body parts go bad. They decay, yeah. And from round to round, the ones that you've got, if you don't use them, they eventually go away. So you need to make sure that when you get a body part, you can use it immediately. You just can't stock them up. Okay. That's kind of the little twist. I like that. That's, 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 yeah. that's a, I mean, you know, when you get a brain, you know, the brain from Abby. Who? Abby Normal. Ha 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 ha. And you're not, you're just going to let me go with it, aren't you? Yeah, I'm just going to let okay. you go with that. All right. So imagine this. Let me see if you have any, have any interest in this game that's coming out from Eckert Spill at Gen Con. Yeah, I'm good. Matt Leacock okay. has designed a game. Take a roll and write and mix it with Legos where you're making a city. Are you interested? Well, yeah. There's like a Lego board and little city pieces. And it's a roll and write, and you try to build a city on the board. Oh, spatial relations. That's right up my alley, but it's <laughs> but I'm good with that. I'm fine. That sounds that sounds a lot of fun. Yeah, that looks cool. So I can't wait to try that. Sorcerer is a game from White Wizard Games who we love. We like our Star Realms, right? Mm-hmm. So they have a new game where I did demo this where you're playing head to head. Uh it's almost like a magicish type game, but you kind of build a custom deck at the beginning. And then uh, you're fighting over three areas in the middle. And it's whoever takes control of two of the three areas wins. Uh, we're going to tr- try that one out sometimes. Very magicish, but it's going to be a big deal for them. The art is just absolutely amazing. One of the hits I think it's going to be at Gen Con, personally, is from Cosmos. It's a game called Tribes. Mm. This is a game. It's a Civ-type game. Teaches in about five minutes. Plays an hour. Entry level to midweight game. Boom. That's us written all over it. And that and that's probably because of our squirrel mentality, our lack of being able to hold our attention. But it's one of those, it has a couple of mechanics that I like where you have a list of actions at the top. If you take the leftmost, it's free. If you want to take, want to take one down the line, you got to drop a coin on all the mm-hmm. actions till you get to the one that you want. And then you take it and move it to the end. And then if anybody else takes one of the actions above with the coins, they get the coins. We understand how that works. E- easy mechanic. We got that. It has a little tech tree on it. So I, I really enjoyed that one. And I think that's going to be a hit. Okay, this one is from WizKids. I went and talked to them. They got a lot of games coming out. But this one's freaky. It's from Japan. It's called Yako Ona. Hmm. Imagine you're going into a house and there's this ghost of a little girl who's terrorizing the place and, and is trying to chase you out. It's a one versus many game and you're moving around rooms and you're trying to find items or something. Meanwhile, she's trying to chase you out. And during the game, you're going to have to close your eyes 
while she resolves something. And if she happens to get you, uh, when your eyes are closed, if she got you, the back of the lid of the box has a picture of her like jumping out at you and it says game over. So you hold it in front of a person's face and say, open your eyes. And then you know that, that you're out of the game. I don't know. It's a cute little gimmick. Okay. So it's got player elimination. You know, if I don't like it, that's, that's a good thing for me. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, there has been a challenge that's been posted. Uh, James Hudson uh, sent me a social deduction game that he wants you to play that said he will turn you around on social deduction games to where you'll like one. He has confidence that in the game that he sent me for you to play will convert you. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. You know I will always play a social deduction game, and I will try to go in with eyes wide open without any negativity being brought forth from my previous play experience. I am happy about that. Yeah, the game is called Sorcerer City. I played a demo of it. I, I really enjoyed it. It does have player elimination, but you stay in the game and do other things. So I told him, I said, all right. Uh, he's going to play this. I'm not responsible for what he says in the review. And he's like, trust me, make him play it. So okay. I got, the, I brought that home for you to play. Okay. Very good then. Now I saw you out there with some Preda Porter posts. Yes, I did. So Miss Mandy Hutchinson, who was doing a preview of Preda Porter that's coming out from Portal on Kickstarter, had an early copy of the game and was learning it one night. And she just got the most recent cards. She had to cut out and sleeve them. I mean, this is really recent. And the rules she's trying to go over. I went and took some pictures The from the you know early prototype. It looks great. It looks amazing. But uh, it was taking them a while to get through the rules and understand the rules. It was going to be a long game. So I came and snapped some pictures, shared them, and then I was gone. So I can't wait to see what she does with this preview. She's going to be coming out the video in a few weeks. And the Kickstarter will be uh, right there at the same time in uh, July. Uh, Ignacy did good sending that to her. Yes. Yeah, I think she, she, she was in the fashion industry, so that's that's going to be cool. All right. I, I'm going to play a game with you, Tony. There's a game coming out from Greater Than Games that I saw like a simple prototype that I just fell in love with. So here's the rules, okay? What I'm going to do is I'm just going to call out a word. What you you have a, a handful of cards with different words on it. You have a handful of cards with words. I would play a word uh, face down on the table, and then you would decide to play a word face down on the table. So just give me just a random word. I want to show you how this works. Bat. Bat. Okay. And what I'm going to say is phone. So we have the words bat and phone on the table. What we're going to do is we're going to count down together three, two, one and try to say one word that ties those two things together. Okay. All right. You understand the rule? Uh, it's pretty. The counting may trick me up, but I think I'm good. But you can't include one of the words that's in that's already on the table. Well, that's a key rule that was left out. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were going to say Batman, weren't you? <laughs> so we have the words bat and phone. Okay. On the table. Okay. You ready? Yeah. All right. Got a word? Yep. Three. Two, one, Robin. black. Okay. So now I said black. You said Robin. That's our two new words. So now we have to find one word that matches those two between black and Robin. You ready? How long is this podcast going to last? Just It only goes three rounds. If you can't do it in three rounds, again, then you lose. Okay. All right. Three, two, one, crowed. Dang it. I was going to say crow. Son of a gun. I almost said crow. All right, so now we have crow and bird on the table. Now we have to get this one, okay? Or we lose. Okay, so Ready? hold on. It's it's crow and bird. And bird. Crow and bird. All right, give me a second here. Crow and bird. Uh, well, I'm going to just go with the word that popped in my head just then. All right, here we go. Always go with your gut. Three, two, 
one rook. Feather. Dang it. All right. So we lost. What'd you say? The feather. Feather. Oh. That's a good one, too. Dang it. Rook would have been good. Son of a gun. So They're all good. So we're not on the same page. But that's a game called Medium. And we just kept playing this game over and over again to see how many we could do. And it's just going to be a simple deck of cards. And it's going to be coming out from Greater Than Games at Gen Con. And I'm, I definitely want to try that. I think that was cute. Okay. I mean, that's that's a fun, quick filler game while you're waiting on something. And you, mm-hmm. you can just see, you're right, who you are in sync with. Well, good for Greater Than Games. Look at them coming up with a simple concept. One of the best boosts I saw there was a thing called Level Up Dice. This is Artisan Dice where they have a booth that looks like a jewelry shop. Mm. It's a huge booth with glass shelves all around it, the nice lighting with all this, all these dice. They only do metal dice typically displayed before you. And you walk up and you say, I'd like to see that dice. They pull the drawer out. Oh, good gosh. Really? Yeah, this is crazy, man. They get a, a, a nice dice tray. They put it in front and they take the dice and put it in the dice tray. They say, would you like to roll that? And you roll it and stuff. And then they start bringing out other dice. Well, if you like that die, try this metal die. And they drop it in your hand. Say, feel that weight. Now, now shake it in your hand. Roll it. It is one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had for shopping. And it's for dice. It, they, it was done so well. And all these people are, are dressed in like purple and they wear bow ties and they're very polite. It's just like going to shop at a fine jewelry store, except it's for dice. Did they have white gloves on? No, they didn't. That would have been cool, but they didn't. But the, their dice starts at like 70 something dollars a set and it averages about a hundred something dollars a set. But they had some dice there that was made from actual meteorite, $2,300 for a set. And they sold two of them. I got nothing. <laughs> did, did, did you catch that? Yeah. $2,300 for seven dice. And it's like, yeah, we sold two of those bad boys. People got some money. Of course, they're saying these, these dice will last you a lifetime. The aluminum dice, which are really popular, are accurate and balanced up to 99.9%. The one lady I was talking to who pulled out one, it was a different type of die. She said, now this one's only good to like 98.6%. I'm like, oh my gosh, you got the percentages of how well it rolls. That's crazy. Level up dice. Go check them out. And if you happen to see them at a, at a, at a convention, just go and do the experience. And we met the uh, owner and he said, did they give you a minute and a half spiel? Did they tell you, did they want you to feel the dice and roll the dice and hear how they sound? Yes. Yes. I want to provide that experience because I have a background in psychology. And he says, I know what senses are needed in order to entice you to get these dice. And if you have a wonderful experience, you're more likely to spend money. Oh, yeah. But there's going to be something in the back of my head that says you are an idiot. <laughs> I, I mean, yes, I agree. I can see if you can take some of your D&D dice from that standpoint, and, yeah. and you know that you're going to be using those year after year after year after yeah. year. I can see this. I mean, That's who it's for. And I, and I appreciate that. I like that. When you enjoy something so much that you play so much, you want to accessorize. You want to have it in, with something you know that you can pull out and the, all the music goes, oh. And, you know, there there it is. So, and I appreciate that. All right. So now for the two pieces of exciting news I've been waiting to tell you. Okay. So this is it. We're wrapping it up. Here we go. I was talking to Scott Gaeta from Renegade Games. And I was talking to him uh, just about about things in general. I said, Scott, I forgot you used to work at Decipher, didn't you? And he said, yeah, I did. He said, "Uh, Decipher is the one that made a Lord of the Rings CCG, which basically really got us into gaming. And we loved that game. I said, man, that, that was such a good game. He says, well, you're going to like this. 
I got all that original design team together, the guys that designed the Lord of the Rings and Star Wars CCG together. And he said, and at Gen Con, we're announcing a brand new card game designed by those same people. Okay. Great. That's it. You are purposely holding back your enthusiasm. No, I'm seeing the dollar signs flying out the window right now. I mean, we just announced on our previous episode our top five, and you have your Lord of the Rings, and I finally shed that monkey off my back and got rid of that. And now he brought, oh, this, I don't know if this is going, if they have that mechanic in it, oh, this is going. They don't. Oh, okay, I'm happy. I said, do they have the shadow mechanic? He said, they don't. I said, Scott, that was the best thing about that game. He said, I know, I know. I said, we'll keep this team together and come out with something else like that. So, by the way, it's going to be an expandable card game, like an LCG, and it's based on the IP, but he wouldn't tell me what it was. But I was talking to their uh, marketing person, or communications person, Terry, and I said, will you tell me this? Is it is it like a kitty IP, like from a cartoon or something, or is it something a little more mature? She said, it's for 14 and up. Okay. You know, I hope it's not, I, I, you know, I don't want to diss anything. Like, uh, like uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, My Little Pony, or any of those. Yeah, I hope it's not like a Hello Kitty card game or something oh, like no, that. You the know, Hello Kitty people are going to hate us for that. Okay. If there's a lot of Hello Kitty people listening to this show, let me know because I'm curious. All right, so that was one. Here's the other one. I went and talked to Randall Bills, who is a good friend of ours from over at Catalyst Games Lab. I said, Randall, I heard a rumor. Is this true? He said, Marty, it is true. In 2020, we're bringing back Leviathans. Oh, yeah, there it is. That's trouble. That's big trouble. So for those who don't know, Leviathans is a game that they originally came out with, geez, Tony, right when you and I first started our podcast. We saw we saw it at Origins, our first Origins. Yes, we did. And he introduced it to I said, Randall, do you realize that's how we met and how we became friends is through the Leviathans? He went, oh my gosh, that's right. So Leviathans is the, there's a theme of these airships that can float. And it's played on a hex board. Wait a minute. Hold on. Let me go back. I won't oh, Lord. Ships that can float. All right. Is that They're airships and they can float. Okay. I just They're want to water sure. ships that can float. Actually, they look like water ships that can float. There's some sort of metal. The gimmick is there's a metal that can make things float. So they had these big battleships and stuff that cause them to float in the air. And it's on this big hex board. And it's like a uh, like a naval battles, but in the air. But the mechanics of the combat and everything was one of the best things I've ever seen done with like a 12-sided die. Uh, it's coming back for real. But the guns all had different die based on where you were positioned, including altitude and weather. I can't wait to see what they do with this. And this is getting me so getting me so close to the cartoon I love, R Star Blazers. That's exactly what it reminds me of. Ships that float. Danger lurking everywhere. <laughs> but it had a real cool uh, combat system where if you take damage, the guns are less effective mm-hmm. and it changes the dice that you roll. It was just a really sweet job. And the reason why they never, they always had issues with it is because there was a problem with manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, part, you know, part of the problem was, I didn't know this until now, in the lore, Taiwan was a free country. This was made in China. China refused to release this because they said Taiwan's never been a free country. We've owned this country. And they said, it's just fiction. It's not real. It's not historical. Nope. Doesn't matter. They actually had problems because in the rule book, it said that Taiwan was a free country and China didn't like that. 
Huh. I, I mean, I downloaded when they released all that rule books and everything when they shut mm-hmm. it down. I downloaded I don't think I still have copies of it on my hard drive anywhere. But I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm excited about all the news you shared here today. Uh, it looks like Gen Con is going to be a very busy time. And we'll be there. Yes, we will. We got oh, we got to get, get flights. Six weeks, baby. Woo! Yeah, we got to get flights. Six we got to figure this out. We got to make things happen. So, yeah, six weeks. That's Origins. And again, a lot of this stuff was coming out of Gen Con. A lot of the places were just teasing stuff for Gen Con. But we got some good stuff coming out, y'all. So I can't wait. Uh, Leviathans and a CCG from, or a card game from the people that did Lord of the Rings. Can't wait. And one of the games that we're getting ready to talk about, Marty got to play at Origins. He and I got an early copy of it. We're going to go into a five-minute initiative, plus or minus two or four minutes. We'll see how this goes. It's probably not minus. It's not. It's never going to be minus. Undaunted. Normandy. You just heard Marty talk about Predator at Origins. Well, if you go out to portalgamesusa.com, the information is out there waiting for you to read. The Kickstarter should be starting soon, real close to when this episode releases. You know, Ignacy, he'll drop things on us. We'll never know it's coming. We'll know it's coming. He's very good at that stuff. Is he? Yes. He does all these videos on the time. If you go to and subscribe to their YouTube page, he has an informant and everything. Yes, he's very good at that. I'm trying to make it sound like at least Ignacy lets you discover things. But like like you do in Detective. There's a Kickstarter out there, but I'll let you discover Go it. discover it. Go type in the search. It's good luck in a Kickstarter search finding something. Anyway, for more information or a direct link, I bet you can find it on the PortalGamesUSA.com US.com website. Or get in those orders for Imperial Settlers, Roll and Write, and all that great Gen Con news that's coming out. We're very excited. Can't wait to see what Ignacy's going to have for us at Gen Con. That's portalgamesus.com Five minute initiative begins in three, two, one. Last year, one of our Squirrely Award winners was War Chest by designers David Thompson and Trevor Benjamin. Well, come to find out, that game is based off another game they designed called Undaunted Normandy, which is coming out from Osprey Games at Gen Con. This is a World War II themed game where one person plays as Germans, one person plays as Americans, and you have a scenario book that each game is going to be based on one of the scenarios within that book. That scenario book contains a map that shows how to lay out the tiles that are included in the game that lays out basically terrain. Each of you are going to put tokens on the board as described by the scenario, and that's the units that you use during the game. This is basically a deck builder, which Tony and I really like. As the scenario at the beginning of the game says, you're going to build your deck by putting in two scouts or maybe two riflemen or maybe two machine gunners and a squad leader and stuff. You build your deck like that, and then all those guys are available in supply. At that point, each of you draw four cards. Each card has an initiative number on the top, and you're going to bid to see who gets to go first. Guess what? The best card has the highest number. But once you bid on that using that card, you can't use it for the rest of the turn. At that point, you're going to play all three cards like a regular deck builder, and each of the cards have multiple f- functions. Like there's uh, a scout card, which allows you to move into an area and scout to an area that you haven't been before. But when you do, you have to take Fog of War, which is a card that clogs up your hand or you can have the rifleman who's maybe good at attacking or maybe taking over control points which is the ultimate goal each side has a certain number of control points that you're trying to take over 
When you do combat, you roll dice and you resolve based on the dice roll. And if you can exceed their armor and the, the distance they are from you, you take damage. And this is one of the really cool parts. When you take damage, the token doesn't come off the board. First, what you do is you go through your hand or your discard pile or your deck trying to find a copy of that card and it comes out of the game. If your deck contains nothing of that card, then that chip comes off the board. And the only way to get it back is by using a bolster action, which you actually also use to add cards to your deck. So you're building the deck over time. You're playing a regular deck builder, head-to-head matchup, World War II theme. Loved it. And I would reemphasize that love it part that's right in my wheelhouse on theme. I love the World War II. I enjoyed the aspect of a deck builder. I enjoyed the strategy of it, positioning of it, various tiles provided various defenses. Very important for you to keep in play as you're building this game out and trying to achieve your ultimate objective based on the scenario. The fog of war, adding the crud to your hand and how you have to get rid of that. All that's an important aspect of this. It's got that deck builder mentality. For me, Marty, the initiative was a huge pro. I like that part of any of those types of games. I've used, it's been in other games I've played where the better cards have the higher number. So you really need to know, do I want to get rid of that? Hey, wait, I'm not going to do anything with this guy. Yeah, I can do it. Initiative was a key pro for me. And see, what's really cool is each of the cards have, like, like I said, different units have different actions they can do. So when you play a card, you got to decide which one of the actions you want to do. And then there's two different squads, which is cool too. It's for like, for, say for example, there's a scout and there's an A squad and a B squad. There's a squad leader for each one of those. So when you play a squad leader like A and he does a bolster, he can only add the A type cards to your deck. The squad leader B can only add B type cards to your deck, but there's a token for each on the board. It is very tactical. I think, Tony, way more tactical than War Chest is because you have these different scenarios that you're trying to achieve. The terrain matters, like you said. Some of them have hills. If you can get position on a hill where you're firing down on somebody, you actually have an, an advantage. And every scenario is different and based on actual historical things that happen because come to find out David Thompson's grandfather was in Normandy, and he actually has a card of his grandfather in this deck. He's one of the platoon sergeants. Oh, very interesting. Now, one thing that I'm going to say about the negative of the dice, some people are going to say, I don't want to roll the dice. Get over it. Did you know that that bullet may get struck or lodged in the gun or get deflected? You don't know. I equate that with just normal, you know, just firing a gun. You weren't that great. It was the, the war. It was the rush, the adrenaline. For me, this is going to be one of my top games of 2019. We loved War Chest, and I didn't think I could find anything else like it to beat it because I love the tokens and everything. But man, this this actually might be it because the theme is is so on point of, of what it's trying to do. And yeah, some people may not like the dice combat. You're you're right. But see, here's the thing: there are some units that are better at shooting than others. There are some that you can roll multiple dice. The scouts you can only roll one die. Positioning matters. The closer you can get, the better chance you have to hit a hit someone. And here's the thing, Tony. David said. Hey, if this system takes off, we have plans for other, maybe the Eastern Front. Who knows? Maybe bringing in other items and units and machinery. The system itself is solid. It could be expanded to a lot of different things. Tony, could they actually win another squirrely for a two-player game of the year? I don't know. You'll have to let me play it some more. That is Undaunted Normandy from Osprey Games coming out at Gen Con. If you liked War Chest... You owe it to yourself to check this out. Five-minute initiative is complete. As 
as I've mentioned on our show a few times in the past, I am excited to be a special guest at one of the best-named gaming conventions in the United States, the Southern Fried Gaming Expo, and I am excited to have from the SFGE, Shannon DeWitt. Shannon, welcome to the show. Thanks, Marty. I'm so excited to be on. We got to work on that acronym stuff, but we're doing good. We're going to get it right. Southern Front. Yeah. SFGE. SFGE. Yes, that's correct. And so, Shannon, what is your role with Southern Fried Gaming Expo? Well, Marty, I'm actually one of the organizers from Southern Fried. This will be our sixth year. Um, About seven years ago, there were five or six of us in Atlanta that had a passion for gaming. And I mean, all gaming. And we'll get into that. And we said, it's time to put Atlanta on the map for gaming. And we want to start a convention to do so. And thus the Southern Fried Gaming Expo was born. And, uh, you know, you, you laugh about the name, but we had that question to ourselves. Do we really name it this? And then, yes, the answer was resoundingly yes. We're going to call it the Southern Fried Gaming Expo. Why else? You know, we're, we're here in the South. Let's let's run with it. Well, so. well I got to ask, though. I mean, since it's the Southern Fried Gaming Expo, is there some good Southern cuisine around the hotel where the convention is oh, being held? the hotel. You know, the, the interesting thing about the hotel is the hotel is a revitalized area. It's really redone itself. And so it's become very modern. The The Brave Stadium literally moved just down the street from it. Just so you know, there's no Braves games going on the weekend of Southern Fried. But yeah, I'm sure there is some local establishments. But it's, it's another 45 minutes, 30, 45 minutes from where I live. So I don't frequent that area as often as you think I would. For anybody that's going, let me give you a little a little Southern tip. The places that you want to look for is if you're going down the road and you see a restaurant that's maybe a little run down, looks like a hole in the wall, but the parking lot is packed, just stop. Go in. <laughs> Ignore what it looks like on the inside because I guarantee you if the locals are there, that's the best food in the area. And you, you might have to ignore the the score on the door, too. But that's okay. It's worth every <laughs> bit, right? That's right. Marty, let me tell you just a little bit about the other stuff of Southern Fried, and then we'll get into Tabletop, which is okay. my love of the show. So Southern Fried has uh, probably 300 arcade and pinball machines. Everything from some of the first stuff that ever came out all the way to the pinball machines that rolled off the line yesterday will be at the show. So they will be brand new stuff and old stuff. And the great thing about all these machines – They're all on free play. Once you're in the show, just go up and press start on every single game that's there. So you've got all these different games that you can play. In addition to arcade and pinball, we have a huge room of console gaming. So you can play your your early PS1s, your Intellivisions, uh, through the, all the modern stuff, all the way up to the brand new gaming. Nintendo will be with us for a little bit of the weekend, showing off some of their stuff. Um, we're having modern and retro console tournaments. We have a huge pinball tournament. So there's all that side of the gaming going on that's wonderful. Also, before we get into tabletop, we have a lot of entertainment that's not pinball related. We actually have some very unique uh, entertainment. We said we're Southern Fried, so how else would you have a Southern Fried show without a pepper eating contest? <laughs> That's right. It's getting hot in Atlanta. It's hot Atlanta, and we're bringing the peppers. And so we'll put uh, five, six people on stage, and they'll eat peppers until there's only one left oh. on the stage. It's uh, 
things start to heat up during that event. It's it's quite fun. And speaking of like arcade games, if you go out to uh, their website, SouthernFryGamingExpo.com, they have a list of all the pinball machines and arcade machines. And I've already been following it here, Shannon, because you have my two favorite games that's going to be there, Tempest and Robotron 2084. So <laughs> nobody plan on playing those games. I will be parked in front of those two consoles the entire weekend. That's awesome. I love, I'm a Robotron fan as well. That's that's also one of my favorites. That and Miss Pac-Man as long as she's fast. I don't like slow Miss Pac-Man. She's boring. <laughs> I want the fast Miss Pac-Man. But those are my those are my two when I get into those old games that I that will play way too long. Nice. Yep. And um, we have some other cool uh, retro vibe things. We've got an 80s prom with a full 80s band performing all the hits. So dress in your favorite mullet and come on down to the 80s prom. That'll be a lot of a lot of fun. I'm sure I can pull that off. I bet there's still some clothes that I have in my closet I can pull oh, off from the 80s. Oh, you with you. I got, I got a members only jacket still somewhere. Well, that's the name of the band that's performing members only. So <laughs> that's perfect. It's perfect. Oh, great that's name. Right. So Saturday night, eight o'clock or 10 o'clock is the, is the, is the prom. And then right in the middle of the prom, Jerry Buckner from Buckner and Garcia, the, the guy who's saying Pac-Man fever will be joining us to, to present our King and Queen of the prom their crowns. And so that'll be a lot of fun. Nice. We like to have a lot of fun at the show. And then in addition, we have a lot of designers and game designers. We have a room of 22 indie game developers on the arcade side. And then we have indie game developers on the tabletop side. Let's get into tabletop while we're here, what we love, right? All right, let's do it. So three years ago, when we started the show, we said we want to have tabletop and we just waited for the right moment the last thing we wanted is a show where tabletop was a room in the back we see that at a lot of conventions and uh, that's not a fun tabletop environment for me yeah you can play but it's not everything you want to do well we said we're not doing it until we do it right we've done it for three years this is our fourth year and by far by far the largest tabletop convention uh, we've had and which is so exciting we have a huge area for gaming and then behind that we have our our library of course we're giving away over 200 games this year wow. uh, over a, over 100 are play and win so sit down learn a new game figure it about drop your name in a bucket and you might win that game and then the other 100 is all you got to do is sit and play some of our games from either our indie developers or people who are searching for people to do play testing some of our tournaments but we give away tickets all weekend long and then we draw numbers. And if your name's drawn, you just come up to the prize table and pick the game that you want to take home with you. And so lots of ways to walk home with something new that you can play with the family or with your friends. And so that's totally great. And then in addition to that, we have probably uh, 20, 15 tabletop specific vendors. Um, most of those are people who have designed their own games or run small companies. Some bigger companies, they'll all have their products out and their wares out and they're wanting to play with you and show you their game. We've had some great games kick off at SFGE and then make their next day at Kickstarter. So we're excited to see that group again. We have our indie tabletop group where these people are designing games and they just want feedback, which is great. And then we're running some really cool tournaments. Uh, we've got a uh, pandemic survivor tournament. Um, That's fun. Still, we still have one more slot for that. So a team of two, you can sign up on our website, can come and play against other teams of two to be to save the world, basically. And all of our judges that night will be real CDC employees from here in Atlanta, which should make that a real fun event. Yeah. We also are running a Keyforge tournament. If you've played Keyforge before, yes. have you tried? Yes, love Keyforge. To me, it's the less expensive version of Magic, right? I don't have that's to buy. Exactly it. That's exactly it. Yeah. So I don't buy a card every, I guess I could buy a deck every week, but I don't do that either. <laughs> so we're 
having a Keyforge tournament on Saturday night, which I think will be a lot of fun. Uh, we have an uh, Orleans, Orleans tournament that's going on that's got a lot of prize support. We're doing a Flux tournament. And then we have all these kind of learn-to-play events. Learn-to-play D&D, learn-to-play Magic, learn-to-play. Uh, we have a speed gaming event where in an hour you can learn 10 games really fast. So there's all these different events that are going on at the show. Um, some of them are already on our website where you can check out our schedule, which we released today. Some of them are being released still. So really cool experience for all of that. Yeah, that sounds great. And I also saw too, as I was looking at the schedule, which I just did before we got on at, again, at the Southern Fraud Gaming Expo.com, you also have some miniature stuff going on because I know my boys are interested in doing some, uh, learning how to make uh, terrain and stuff. And I actually saw there's some classes on making terrain for miniatures. There's some painting classes. So if, if people are getting into that, there, there's also that option. Uh, so you got what RPGs and card games and board games and miniature games. So you got the entire tabletop genre taken care of. It is our first year getting into uh, miniatures, and we're excited. Army Painter and Plaid have supplied us, supplied us with enough paints and brushes to paint the whole hotel. Please don't do that. But we'll have a, a space set up totally for that. We have some classes, you're right, teaching you how to make terrain and paint terrain and how to make uh, and 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 take. We'll have a paint and take section to to be able for a dollar you can paint a miniature and the money goes to Project Pinball, which is a, our charity this year that puts pinball machines in children's hospitals. And so everything we can do to help support that charity is great. We also have some great guests coming to the show. Kyle Key from Keymaster Games will be there. Mm -hmm. Chad Elkins for 25th Century Gaming will be there. Robert Beaven, which is a writer, uh, Critical Failure Books. Kevin Lansing, who did uh, the, uh, what's the tabletop game with the cooperative firefighting? Cooperative firefighting. Oh, um, um, fire, no. Fire. Yep. You're doing the same thing I am. But yes, Kevin will be back with us this year. We have uh, Gabe Barrett, who who makes board games during the winter and, and works uh, in another country for mission support during the summer. Uh, we have all kinds of, of great uh, special guests. And then lastly, one of our really special guests that you may not know is going to be there. Uh, is Elon Mitchell Smith. Are you, do you know who Elon Mitchell Smith is? I do not. So the movie Weird Science. Oh, okay. Yeah. Elon played Wyatt on the movie many, uh -huh. many, many years ago. And Elon got into medieval studies and went off to become a history teacher, not an actor as he grew up. Although he was on an episode of the Goldbergs last year as the science teacher, of course. Nice. Right? Yep. Um, but Elon has gotten into gaming like really into gaming. And so he wants to come. Yes, we'll get to talk about weird science, but he wants to come and play games. Nice. So, so him and some of my, some of the SFGE friends that play tabletop is going to have a learn to play D and D with Wyatt and his friends session where you literally watch them play and they'll tell you everything they're doing. So you can understand if you, you've watched D and D from afar and never got in the middle of it. You don't have a clue. This is the panel to go do it on. And so that's really cool. Uh, we're excited about that. Now, uh, just for those who are still screaming at their radio radios or, or whatever from earlier, is the game <laughs> you're talking about Flashpoint? Flashpoint, yes. Okay. Flashpoint. All right. So, because people are like yelling, Flashpoint, it's Flashpoint. They totally are. I can, it's funny. I have this problem to remember exact. Now, I can describe it inside and out. And I'm on a cooperative game kick lately. Like everything I want to play is cooperative. I don't know why I'll get through it and I'll move on. But right now that's the mode I'm in. Yep. And so that's a great game. That's a great cooperative. And let's see, you're going to be having uh, uh, some panels. And before we started uh, recording, I'm I'm lucky enough to be able to sit in on a couple of those. And when those schedules gets posted, you'll see that uh, online at the, at 
the website. So I'm excited about doing that. And it's, uh, I guess, have we talked about the dates? What are the dates and the, and the cost again and everything? Yeah, let me give you the dates and, and how to find out some more information because uh, it's coming up quickly. So uh, Southern Friday is going to be July 12th through 14th. We're at the Marriott Renaissance Waverly Hotel and Convention Center and also the Galleria Convention Center, which is connected. They're side by side and a hallway connects the two. So uh, we have a discount code. That if you want to purchase a three-day pass, the discount code is GAMEATL, G-A-M-E-A-T-L is the code. You can buy your passes on Southern Fried Game Room Expo or you can buy them easier to remember our new web address, which will take over, but it's working already, GameATL, G-A-M-E-A-T-L.com. So you can find out a lot about our panels, a lot of information. You can purchase your weekend memberships, and then day passes are available only at the door of the event, but we do have them available at the door. And how big of a convention is this? How many attendees did you have last year? So we're expecting well over 4,000 this year to the event. That's a good size event then. Yeah, so we filled up our host hotel and our two overflow hotels, I think, have now stopped booking and they had good good reception too. Luckily, the space is great. So as we grow, hopefully we can continue to grow the space we use at the convention center. Mm -hmm. um, and we would love to see Southern Fried just be the epicenter for tabletop gaming in Atlanta. You know, it's there's some great conventions in Atlanta. We go to most of them every year. I'm always at Dragon. I'm always, and they have a great scene for that. It's just such a big convention. It kind of, for me, gets lost in the mix. It's, it's in the basement of a hotel somewhere. It is. It is. <laughs> and so uh, I love it and I go play and I support it and I'm happy to be part of it. But uh, we we want it to be the center. Gaming is the center of what we do. And 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 we're so appreciative of, of podcasts like y'all and the groups that support everything that we love. I am so excited. I had actually heard about Southern Fry Gaming Expo before, but I didn't realize that uh, y'all were in the tabletop games. And earlier this year, y'all had reached out to us and said, hey, I happen to... Uh, uh, listen to you guys and uh, would you be interested in coming? And I went, heck yeah, I would because I didn't realize that uh, they were doing tabletop gaming. Unfortunately, Tony's not going to be able to go. Tony was oh. invited and he is really upset that he's not going. He's just coming back from a long vacation. He says he can't get off for it. So I'm going to rub it in because he's going to be missing a good time because I'm excited. My three boys are coming. My three boys are into video games and miniatures. So they're going to be doing that all weekend and it's going to be a blast. I can't wait. Well, when I talked to Tony, he's so upset he's missing all the arcade stuff too. So you know, we'll have to pick on him and, and maybe we can get both y'all back next year. Oh, for sure. This could be a staple con on my calendar because it's like at a good time, it's between Origins, it's between Gen Con, there's nothing going on. It's close by, I can drive. And come on, Southern Fried Gaming, how can I not support that? <laughs> well, we're so happy that you are and we can't wait to have you at the show. I can't either. Shannon, thank you so much uh, for coming on and sharing with us. Again, everybody, if you're interested in going, I uh, highly recommend uh, going and checking out the website. And if you can make it, come on down, southernfriedgamingexpo.com. They still have tickets available. I'll make sure to have some moon pies. It doesn't really make any sense because you can get moon pies anywhere down there. But if you're coming in from out of town from a place you can't get moon pies, I'll provide you a couple moon pies. I'll bring some swag to give away and stuff like that. I'll be on some panels, etc. So come on down and say hi. I support this convention. We need some more. We need some good cons in the South, some big cons. We don't really have a lot. Sure, There's Dice Tower, but it's way down there in Florida. So we need something between Florida and, you know, maybe Origins or something. So this is right there in the middle. So Shannon, we can't wait. I can't wait to see you, man. And uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks again for having us on. And I hope to see you. If you find us at the show, definitely tell us hi and tell us where you found out about it. That's right. All right. We'll see you in a couple weeks, Shannon. Thanks. 
This episode is being sponsored by Game Toppers, who had an amazing presence at Origins. Kevin had his Game Toppers all over the place, Tony. They were in booths. They were on demo tables. He had a huge booth. He's now got a huge top hat that is over the top of his booth. His company is just exploding. If I could get an inflatable squirrel. <laughs> yes, his booth was exploding. looks great. I'm excited. I can't wait to see him at Gen Con and see what he's got. Now, he is a special sponsor of the show because, we, you know, we got Miniature Market, Portal Games, and, of course, The Broken Table. Don't want to make anybody feel left out there. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, he he's just, uh, with his Kickstarter coming up, he just wanted to help uh, get the word out. And I said, dude, of, of course. I mean, and Tony, I saw the 48 by 48 table. Oh. Looks good, huh? So nice. With the expandable leaves. Yeah. That's the ticket That's right the there. That's the ticket right there. I, and I like the idea. I don't know. It, will you be able to remove the fourth rail on if you were to get two of them, remove the fourth rail and have a, oh, I don't know, an eight by four? That is a question I cannot answer. Okay. Well, that's something we can see in the Kickstarter problem. That's right. And I talked to him. I said, hey, uh, what about a special RDTN mat? And he said, we could do an RTDN, RDTN mat for if you want. So that might be in the works too in the future. And if I noticed on the special hot sauce episode that you and Chaz and Jamie were spilling all over it, how did that wipe up? We did have paper towels down, oh, so okay. we did not blemish the table. Yeah, in fact, uh, BGG was using a game topper table the whole week uh, streaming their stuff. Like I said, man, they're all over the place. But I mean, it's such a great idea. It's a portable game table. Pull out a regular table, throw this thing on top of it. Now he's he's coming out. Oh man, one of the he had some natural wood. He had some real wood rails. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, they look good. They had like a walnut and like an oak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going high end on this stuff, and he's going to have the Kickstarter coming out soon. So definitely want to keep an eye out for that. And I saw somebody was wearing some special RDTN T-shirts while they were at Origin that you can pick up over at Redbubble. Emily Rose. Yes, that's right. We actually need to put a link on that on our, on our page. We'll do it, Emily. Detmer uh, designed a t-shirt for us. It's our squirrel riding a lawnmower with a jar, a mason jar of tea. And it was like, brilliant. And so we all got one. Tony got you one. And we wore them to the Secret Cabal event that night. It was nice shirts. Again, go check out our website. We'll have a link to the shirt there. And all proceeds go to Emily. She designed it. So we said, whatever money comes out of this, and you don't get a lot per t-shirt, everybody. So Everybody go buy some t-shirts to help her out a little bit, but it's going to be on her Redbubble site. One of my favorite comments was, that t-shirt screams podcast, jokingly, of course. No, it said it, said it screams board game podcast. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> of course it does. What can we say? Oh, good report in from Origins, and I'm glad, like I said, glad you made it safe. Get rested up, because in six weeks, we board that plane to Gen Con. Yeah, except from the release of this episode, it'll be four weeks. Oh, I'm so messed up. Hey, on the next episode, you'll get to hear my incredible vacation. You know you love (sighs) that. You love that. Yeah. No, you don't. Mm -hmm. Don't lie to me. (laughs) Hey, if you got interesting stories, I'm interested in interesting stories. There you go. Well, either way, keep rolling dice and taking names. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at Dyson Names, Instagram Dyson Names. Join our BGG Guild 1589 where we have weekly discussions, weekly polls, and every member gets an entry into our big end of the year contest.
There are also rules and included components for playing solo, but I'll leave those for you to discover on your own. Ronnie, what do you want me to discover? It's right there on the book. I, it's not unexpected. It's right there. It's so easy. MiniatureMarket.com. Oh, wait, Marty, let me go to my NPR voice again. You can get all your gaming needs at MiniatureMarket.com. Just recently, they had their big sale. Whoa, 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 stop, stop. That is way too excited for NPR. Try it again. Oh, I'm sorry. Over at MiniatureMarket.com, you can check out their daily drop. That's right. Get the latest games on sale. They, they even put Gloomhaven. Mm, no, you're getting excited oh, again. I got excited. Oh, forget this thing. MiniatureMarket.com, where you can get the best <laughs> game deals on the internet. Matter of fact, at the drop, they had Gloomhaven recently. That was one of the fastest moving of the drops I saw. Then they also had their big sale. Over 800 items were on sale at MiniatureMarket.com. All the latest and greatest are out there. You can definitely get those pre-orders in because coming up at Gen Con, get those pre-orders. Maybe even pick them up there at Gen Con. I don't know if that's been announced yet, but if it hasn't, it's a good idea at MiniatureMarket.com. And of course, the Strike Tournament, They've, they have come to the table with Rolling Dice and Taking Name. If you got your ticket in for those lucky ones that did, we got some swag for you. So be sure to check out MiniatureMarket.com. Mm-hmm.